everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Kogan Counselor. My name is Mr. Harvey, uh, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mrs. Martins. Hello. Uh, and we're really excited for an episode that we've got today with some wonderful guests, um, starting off with Miss Lori Lockhart, one of our English teachers at Kogan. Aw, shucks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, no, it's great to have you here. Uh, and we brought Ms. Lockhart on because she's going to talk with us uh, about ways that we can use writing as a tool for emotional regulation and coping. And so we wanted to merge sort of our two departments for this discussion. Uh, and we're also really excited to have some student guests along with us as well. So we have uh, Patricia Murphy. Hey, Patricia. Hi. Uh, and we also have Teresa Green. Hello. I'm very excited to be here. We're very excited to have both of you. Um, and I just want to open it off. I'm, I'm curious for all of you, this can go even for you, Mrs. Martins, how big of a part of your life is writing? Um, sorry, Ms. Lockhart, you go. Oh, no, no, you, that, after you. Um, so I'm an English major next year. Um, so writing and reading are both like a really important part of my life. I do a lot of um, like poetry and short stories and I do a lot of writing with my little siblings. So like it is really, it's really important to me just in terms of like understanding and coping and also like dealing with any situation really. So it is really important to me. Others of you, what, what role does writing play just for you personally? Um, I would say I think it's one of the um, many ways of just like human expression that I'm very much intrigued by in that it's like such a beautiful skill that can be used in so many different ways. Um, and I think it's just so genuine just like kind of any way that us humans are able to like express our existence and so I think that as I've grown up I've definitely realized like how much it's not just like you know stringing letters together and like trying to get an answer but how you can really each person just like each person has their own you know speaking voice everyone has their own writing voice where they can really like make words and language, which is such a gift to us, they can make it their own. Mm. Love that. mm, that's, that's beautiful. You couldn't see me, but I was nodding my head and smiling when both of you were speaking. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, it'd be really, really lame if I just said ditto. So instead I'll say, um, as a teacher, writing is a huge part of my life because, you know, I don't think I go a single day without writing something, a message to kids, an email. As a person, writing has been a part of my life for a long, long time. Obviously, I was an English major, too. I was a kid in elementary school when the teacher would be like, write about whatever you want. I was so down for that. I would just go and write my little stories and, you know, ask people to read them. Love As that. an adult, oh, yeah, always enthusiastic. As an adult, I would say that I turned to writing. It's funny that you asked me about writing and like emotional regulation because I turn to writing when I'm overwhelmed mm -hmm. um, and I just kind of throw up on paper. It's something that I've done. There have been times where I've had meetings, like professional meetings and the way that I kind of kept my cool if I was upset is I would just start taking notes. So, mm -hmm. you know, major part of my life. 
So I am not a historically an English major. Um, <laughs> I am I am a counselor and a social worker by trade. And so a lot more of what I do is talking and listening. And so I have a much, uh, I don't know, more complex uh, relationship with writing. I think um, I was, I was, when I was young, I was someone who really loved to write. And then kind of, as I got older, I got more into the talking and listening side of things and kind of moved away from it. And it wasn't a skill I flexed as much. Um, and I, I kind of have a love hate relationship. So it's an up and down thing. And I think for many people out there, you know, the idea of journaling, it, it is not something that I go to as my natural coping mechanism. Um, but I also have, uh, the idea of using words particular ways is really important to me. So I think um, what I love about writing and what I love about expressing yourself through words is being able to choose um, the appropriate word for the appropriate emotion, situation, and how we put things together to really make sense of our world, um, which I think connects really well to that idea of like when you're upset and things are going on, you know, being able to put things on paper to kind of get that out and see it. Uh, I'm a visual person. So most of the time I use writing to um, reinforce what I've read or heard. So if I write it down, it's not necessarily that I'm going to write stories or, or long journal entries, but I'm like writing down a snippet of something and reinforcing in my brain what I'm what I'm thinking and I'm looking at it and I'm taking it apart in my brain. And so I use it more analytically than I do creatively, which is, uh, yeah, more of how I approach that, that side of writing. You know, I, I love that because I, one thing that always stuck out to me about writing, especially as I trained as a counselor, and it's, it might sound surprising, but that's actually a technique that we talked about using yeah. a lot is the idea of writing you know, whether it's internal dialogue, putting that out there and try, I love the idea of challenging some of those ideas. If you put it out on paper, mm -hmm. it almost, I, I think of it, it gets the fight outside of your head and it puts it on mm -hmm. neutral ground, you know, you know, so that you, it's stark, it's, it's, it's very tangible and it's right there all of a sudden, instead of abstract in the mind. Mm -hmm. um, but I also, I wonder, about different ways that we can kind of relate our emotions and writing because i know for some people that looks like journal for me it looks like writing short stories and poetry sometimes i mean what mrs lockhart and then i want to hear from everybody what are some ways that you've uh, what are the different mediums you you know that would be good to use you know if we're talking about writing about these difficult feelings whether with this time or just in general Sure. So the first thing that I do when a student is upset and asks me for advice, and I, I don't know if it's ever happened to my awesome students here, but I wonder if they'll <laughs> echo that if they've ever had me do this. My favorite thing to do is to have students make lists because I find lists to be very uh, accessible. Um, I really liked what was said earlier, and I think Mrs. Burns, you said this, about how um, just I guess, and Mr. Harvey, you also said it as well, just putting it on paper kind of makes it real and it gets it outside of your head. Mm -hmm. And so I like to have students make lists and I like them to write down everything that's bothering them. And I don't just mean like five things. I mean, please make a list of everything that has bothered you for the last week, the day, everything. Someone stepped on the back of your shoe. Your breakfast was cold. Your teacher made a comment that you didn't like. Write everything down. 
And then what I like to have them do is I like to have them sort it and they sort it into two categories. What can I control? What can I not control? Focus on the category you can control. And I think for some students or some people, it is really helpful to have it black and white like that. And you're like, okay, there are five things left I can control. Now let's start to make lists about sort of strategies for attacking these five things that I can control. Uh, so that's one very concrete way that I've had success in the past. Miss Lockhart, that is so funny because I literally did that. <laughs> oh, yeah, like it was um, earlier in the school year and I was just like having a really stressful day. And I was like, okay, well, I'm very overwhelmed by like negative experiences that I've had. So what are things that are like, you know, like tiny little hits that aren't actually impactful and I won't remember next week, but like they're really all, like weighing on me right now. And then what are like bigger things? And so the hits were just like, I wrote that down as like, okay, this is just something that I need to acknowledge as something that is causing me like stress, but it's not necessarily like I have to do anything. And then I had the bigger ones that's like, okay, these are actually overarching, you know, difficulties and then plans of actions for like those specific things. So yeah, lists is something that when I'm really stressed, like being able to write it out and like visualize it is something that really helps. And I've ended up doing that with like school a lot too. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, okay, like once again, I have a lot of information in my brain that's weighing me down. So like, let's break it up by class, by every day. Like, what am I going to do per day for each class? And I've ended up making those lists for myself and then making a couple for my friends as well. It's like, okay, tell me every single class you have, every single assignment <laughs> and test, and then we're going to break it down by day and you can see it all. So it's not like you're forgetting anything but it's it's just there and so those are definitely ways that i'm able to regulate when i'm feeling overwhelmed by just writing it all out yeah i had so i had miss Lockhart my freshman year and then i also had her my senior year so i got like a full four-year experience of every time i had a problem it was like make a list make a list <laughs> so i've like i did it with things as simple as you know, like I've been doing a lot of cooking lately for my family. And so it's like, okay, well, pros and cons of like this meal and this meal, or like nobody wants to eat this, but I want to eat this. And I've also done it for issues as complex as deciding my major and deciding which college I wanted to go to and picking which scholarships to apply for. The like list is a very concrete way of just separating the, I can control this and I can't control this. And the, I want to control this, but it's going to take a lot for me like it's gonna take a lot of energy out of me to actually control it. So I definitely agree that lists is like a very, a very important thing. You can even just do them mentally. You don't have to actually write them down, but you can do them mentally and just kind of hold them with you. Like I can't control this, so I need to let it go. I just need to take a deep breath and move on. What I love about what all of you said is, and alluded to is the accessibility of it. Ms. Lockhart, you kind of said that at the beginning is this idea idea that it's it's something that can be applied to so many situations not just when things go wrong but what you're wanting to work towards um, you know you talk about scholarships uh, Patricia and how um, you're listing those out you're listing majors you're kind of breaking things down and kind of going back to what Mr. Harvey said about this this visualization of what's going on in your brain um, you know we know that students that people in general but especially students in high school are more anxious than they've ever been. You know, we have a lot going on on top of a pandemic, you know. <laughs> um, so there's there's a bit going on in the world and in our brains. And yeah. that idea of 
so much that's swirling on in there, being able to pull some of it out and not let it weigh on you so much because you have it down and you can go back to it later. Mm -hmm. um, one of my professors, Dr. Stone, she always talks about, we had her on a couple weeks ago. Um, she always talks about um, this idea of giving yourself time to worry about something, mm -hmm. um, putting something away and then coming back to it. And I think writing it down in the list is it allows us to pull things out and we're able to close that book or put that paper down and say, you know what, I've put it down. I can come back to this another time and it will still be here and I can handle it then. Yeah. So it does, it gives you this sense of control in a, in a time where you may feel out of control like now, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm a big list maker, so I am mm. and a bit of a control freak. So, you know, yeah. it works out well. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, there, it. There's this, um, oh, sorry. Were you saying something in soccer? No, I was just saying I love it. I oh, mean, yeah. I feel like I'm <laughs> I'm in my company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there was um so there was this time earlier this year that there was like, you know, this I guess big concern that I had like identified. And I was like, okay, this is like an idea that is causing me a lot of strain. And I I it was like the first time that I was able to pinpoint it and I was like, okay, I don't like it though. Um, and so I just wrote it down and I did kind of like a, what's it called? Like a mind map or whatever, where mm. like you just like branch off from there and it's like, okay, well, what does this lead to? And so I kind of, I broke down like, all right, well, what is making up this thought? And then what do I have to combat it? Like, like let's like analyze this through a couple lenses instead of, instead of just the me being like stressed lens. And, um, and I actually, I believe I still have it because it's like, it's kind of one of those things that it's like, it'll continue to like roll around in my brain now and then. And then I go back and look at the paper and I'm like, all right, well, what are the other things that I can, that I can consider when this one thought is like rolling around? And so the fact that I have that like tangible thing, instead of it just like replaying in my mind, I was able to like play it out and really like consider just like kind of, you would consider like a a question for an essay of like, mm -hmm. all right, well, how can I answer this? Like, how can I respond? Um, I think that that is another way that you can like analyze your feelings in a, in a way that's once again, like more tangible than just mm -hmm. kind of like feeling them, but you're able to like answer them. Uh, counselor friends, there's something that I meant to look up the name of, and I forgot to do that, of course. Um, and a lot of what we've been talking about has been about identifying the feeling that you're having. And I think that writing is really helpful for that because, you know, we all know this, if you don't feel your feelings, they're going to come out in a different way. So sometimes it's good to just acknowledge it, face it, kind of like what Teresa was saying. And there's a wonderful tool and the tool is a circle and it's a circle with a bunch of different emotions and it moves from more basic emotions like angry, happy, you know, sad to more nuanced emotions. You know what I'm talking about? I've seen that. Anyway, it's a wonderful thing that I've seen online that would be a quick like, you know, emotion wheel Google image. But uh, it's, that's the first thing I thought of when Teresa mentioned kind of like a mind map is that sometimes just identifying it and writing it down makes it less scary. Mm -hmm. I think one thing that I've really found is, especially during all of this, where it's it's really hard to understand um, like the gravity of the situation for other people. You never really know how every single person is feeling about like the pandemic and just the climate that we're in. Um, I think one thing that has been really helpful for me is taking the feelings that I can't 
necessarily identify or I can't really understand and giving them like an abstract form, like kind of turning it into symbolism. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of like poetry and short story writing. I've been able to take those feelings and give them like assign a symbol to them and then kind of base a story on that or base a poem on that. And it's been easier to understand and to cope with when I can identify that it has a form. I can identify mm -hmm. that it exists. Um, but I don't necessarily have to dive too deep into what it actually is. I can just kind of put it on paper. It's out in the open. I know that it's there. I know that it has like meaning and weight to a story and to my life, but I don't have to, I don't have to push too deep and I don't have to exert myself into like the, I have to understand this. I have to understand this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's been really helpful. It's just kind of putting it in like metaphorical language and making it into a symbol and just just leaving it there and giving it a couple minutes to like sit on the paper and then I'll come back to it when I feel like I have the time to really sit and kind of process what I'm feeling. That is so interesting. That's like hearing that there I do a similar thing but it's like way less I guess like artistic <laughs> and um I think for people who have such a like you know English inclination that is definitely amazing. I don't think I am as you know, intentional and that kind of, that kind of thing, but in kind of a similar vein, um, sometimes, you know, and it hasn't been too often, but now and then there have been times, and I guess, like, you know, seasons where I've just been, like, so overwhelmed or, like, obsessed with a certain, like, situation, and my emotions are just bubbling over, and I'm, like, okay, I've, like, already talked to the heads off like to my friends and like I feel crazy and so I still need to get it out but I don't really know what to do and so I've kind of just written you know circles of, around it and said like well this is how I'm feeling in this experience and then you know I write it out as many times as I need to and then it's like okay I'm gonna leave that there like once again like I don't necessarily have to deal with it but I need to get it out in like a certain way and sometimes I'll just be like underline it a bunch of times because like well, I really know how to say at that point but still it's like it's getting it out there and not meditate and only meditating as much as like is comfortable at the moment and then later you can kind of take the steps to you know evaluate or whatever but like it's really just like a release in that moment no sometimes it is definitely just like I need to identify that it's there and I need to notice that it does have significant meaning but I don't need to find that significant meaning <laughs> just out of my head and like like, it's like a form of catharsis, you know, yeah. like, I just need it out of my head for a little bit and then I'll come back to it when I'm ready. So I definitely understand what you mean. Mm -hmm. You both put that so beautifully and, and I couldn't say it much better. Although I'll add, um, I, I think you're absolutely right when you use metaphors, when you use those forms like short stories, poetry, fiction, to to really dive into topics that are, are hard to cover. You, you really are um using your brain the way that it's designed because when we've had mm -hmm. traumas or even hard situations um it's important for us to process what's happened i mean that i don't want to avoid that but in safe ways and, and what we know is we're trying to create and i know this is an overused term but a safe space for ourselves to reprocess that and some of that work certainly can depending on the severity of the situation happened in therapy but as we go through it if we can use metaphors if we can use you know the, the devices that fiction gives us it can make it feel a little less intimidating 
I think, when we put it down there. And so, and I love what you said too, Patricia, about, and, and Teresa, both of you, about being able to put it there and, and leave it for a while, but know too that it's something, you know, when you have the capacity that you, you know, you do want to deal with in that safer way because it yeah. can be draining. Uh, I do have a thought about, I'm so sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I was thinking about other ways to use writing. You know, a lot of what, well, when I started with was like diving right in, because like, that's my style in life. Mm -hmm. But, but the metaphor and the, and the fiction writing is also really, really helpful. And like you said, uh, Mr. Harvey, about, you know, having it there when you're ready. I think another way that you can use writing to cope, in, especially in a time like this, and I'll be honest, I'm using it in this way, is reaching out to others. <laughs> and I think um, that can be email, but I also think there's something beautiful about a handwritten letter to somebody. And it doesn't even have to be about what you're feeling or your issues or, you know, whatever. It could just be, hey, here are some things going on. What's going on with you? And I don't know if you know this, but I happen to know approximately 60 seniors that are graduating soon. And I, I've been filling my time just trying to kind of, I don't know, write things to these metaphorical seniors. And it's been really wonderful because it's been a way to just kind of distract myself that's not media. I'm not watching another Netflix show mm -hmm. and I'm not perseverating or, you know, worried about my own anxieties. It's a way to get outside of myself through writing and a way to connect to others. So just another thought. I think when you talk to about that, that catharsis, um, you know, that, that word has come up a couple of times. Um, when we can do something physically, like when you're writing there, it's not just an element of getting it out of your brain, but there's a, a physical aspect to it. Um, and I think, uh, you know, in, in our world of technology, we get a little disconnected from that. Um, but when you're using your hands to write it out that you, you can imagine it actually like coming out of you and like onto paper and, and that kind of imagery in itself as you write is really helpful to your brain. Your brain picks up on the images of things super well. Um, so if you imagine, um, I do this when I write to-do lists, like I imagine <laughs> it going into the book and sticking in the book and not being on my shoulders anymore. And when I do that, I physically feel lighter because my brain is going, oh, you don't have to do that right now. You're going to do it later. It's going to be okay. And you're giving yourself that break. And so I think like the same when you put emotions on the page, when you reach out to another person via a handwritten letter, you're doing something physical to help your brain cope with what's going on in your mind. Yeah. Um, and I was also going to say, going off of this idea of story, you know, in, in fiction stories, things take time to develop. Um, you don't start reading a book and then you get to the end right away. You also don't know the meaning of everything right away. It's a gradual unfolding of things that you write and you read, right? Um, and so I think, uh, you know, Patricia, what you said about giving this metaphor and like having this distance and, and doing it gradually and coming back to it. And Teresa, you kind of said that too with your mind map, like you come back to it. You can gradually get to that meaning. We're a very fast paced society, but you can gradually work through that meaning when you put it down and come back to it later. Um, and I think that connects really well with this idea of story because stories do that. They, they're not linear. It's not right away. Um, it's a journey. And that's part of what it means to work through how we're feeling, how we're doing our lives. It's all a journey. Um, so I think those things connect really well with story writing, with, with any kind of writing. It's funny when my 
when I was much younger, my mom and my grandmother would always tell me like if I was feeling upset, I needed to draw a picture and I was supposed to create the monster of what was making me upset and give it that beautiful form to say, this is what's making me upset. I can, I can identify and I can visualize it. And as I get older, I've been able to use that same principle and just turn it into writing because I'm just much more, I'm much more, um, like I can write better than I can draw is what it is. And so it's a lot easier for me. Language. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's a lot easier for me to say, I'm going to identify the monster of what's making me upset, but I'm going to describe it rather than draw it. And it's, it's so just pleasing to be able to look at what I've made and say, this is everything that I'm feeling right now. And now I don't have to acknowledge it until I feel like I am ready and I can sit down and really, really think about it. And I've been giving my friends the same advice. And every time that I say it, they're like, this is, this is good. This is right. You know, and you don't even have to be a good writer. You don't have to be someone who enjoys to sit in an English class to be able to just sit down and identify what you're feeling in whatever kind of language you want to use. You just need to be able to take that first step to say, this is upsetting me and I want to get it off my chest. That's all it takes is just that acknowledgement that I'm having an issue and I need to, I need to do something about it. There's a, go ahead. I just wanted to quickly echo Ms. Lockhart's um, letter thing because like the first couple weeks of quarantine, like that's what got me out of bed because I would write, I like got out all my friends and I picked each card that it was like perfect for them and the <laughs> stickers that I, were perfect for them. And then each day I'd get up and write like two letters to my friends and just did that like every day. And then I ran out of people. And so I went on Instagram and I was like, you know, write you a letter because <laughs> <laughs> I need to. And um, so, yeah, it's slowed down, but I am continuing to do that. And it is like just a really wholesome and like fun way. Cause I love to, you know, interact with others. That's my favorite way of like, just in life, I can always like get something done if it's like for someone else or with someone else. And so that's definitely been a good motivator and like fun thing to do during this. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone and you get it. And I also, I liked what you said, Ms. Mertens, about the physical thing because it's just something about not be, like being away from a screen and just writing that is great for right now in particular. Yeah. Just two phrases that are coming to mind, and then I've got one more question for y'all as we wrap up. Uh, I think going back to what you said, Mrs. Lockhart, there's this idea, Dr. Kevin Elko mentioned this once. He's a, a sports psychologist, works with different teams, and he talks about the idea of, and it's similar, it's borrowed from older cultures and older sayings, but go, don't, don't look for the help, go be the helper. You know, and I think that, you know, when we're writing those notes, when we're really, that can substitute, you know, for the lack of physical touch and the lack of physical interaction that we get because it's still personal, right? More than what we see on a screen, a text message can be helpful, but gosh, that handwriting, you get to see it's a representation of a person, even if they're not there. And then I come back to, to, to your point, Patricia, there's a guy who goes around the country, teaches the brain, his name's Dan Siegel. He's really interesting. Um, you should look him up, but he talks about this idea of name it to tame it. Uh, you know, and I think when you write something out, whether it's like your, your, your folks said of naming the monster, or if it's 
you know, using it in, in fiction and in complex ways and crafting stories that get that out there. You, by naming it and by putting it in those understandable terms and like Mrs. Martin said, in the engaging the part of your brain that's feeling yourself writing it, seeing it outside of yourself, you really, you stand a better chance of being able to regulate and be able to process it. So my last question for everybody, a little lighter. Um, I'm curious, what, what's your favorite type of writing and why? Like, what's your favorite way to write? It's a hard one. Mrs. Long, know, are you, <laughs> so are you asking what's my favorite type of writing for me to, to do, do or what is my favorite type of writing? Okay. When you mm. write. Okay, so I have like a secret and my secret is that I occasionally like to make inappropriate observations about life. <laughs> and the people who know me well, including my students, know that that's the case. And so um, one of my favorite writers is uh, somebody named David Sedaris, who is very funny, but I would only recommend maybe for the junior senior crowd. Uh, but he writes, <laughs> creates. Yeah, I mean, you know, junior senior appropriate, but he, he writes creative nonfiction. And uh, Every now and then a story happens in my life that's so wild and like I, I can't even believe that it happened. And so I love to throw that into kind of a short story. And it's a nonfiction usually and they're not very good. But, and honestly, I'm not even sure that most people who know me know that I do this, but I occasionally do it just to keep track of like a funny memory or something absurd that happened. So that's my favorite way to write. I think my favorite way of writing is definitely like putting it into terms of fiction. Um, I have, I've always had a very hard time reading like nonfiction books. And so I feel like my brain is just hardwired to go towards the stuff that's like inconceivable, basically stuff that we couldn't really have in like the real world. Um, and so one of my favorite things to do is just take everything that I'm feeling or everything that's happened to me and you know, change a couple of details, change the setting, change the names, throw some like ridiculous, you know, events and characters, um, and even like I've been doing a lot of um, fantasy writing for my siblings. Like I've been writing them fairy tales and stuff to try and keep them entertained. Um, and it, it oh, that's so nice, Patricia. <laughs> I, I love mean, that. what else am I gonna do? I'm trapped in my. Um, I've definitely been taking, you know, like Ms. Lockhart said, some funny memories, some stuff that I hold close to my heart, and just kind of put it in like a, a fantasy land, you know, and make it as perfect as I want it to be, and just kind of live vicariously through whatever it is I'm writing. And I find that it is just so nice to sit back and look at this new thing that you've created out of stuff that was already there. Um, and I think that it's, it's like the same feeling you get when you're cooking, you know, you have all these individual ingredients and then you put them together in this big pot and you get this brand new concoction that is just fantastic if you do it right. Um, and it, it's so, it's so pleasing to look at that and know that I created that during a time of turmoil and panic and, and just feeling super unsure about the future and to, to look at that and say, this is mine. I did this. And now I get to cherish it forever and I don't have to share it if I don't want to. Um, and I can share it if I want to. And knowing that it is something that is physical and just belongs to me, I think is so 
it's so wonderful to have that feeling that like I, I did this, I accomplished something, especially in a time where it's kind of hard to get out of bed and even do laundry some days. Like I just find myself going, I need clean clothes, but I don't want to move. I just want to sit in my bed all day. But to know that I accomplished that and I made something new is, is super important to me. It's very small You're going to yeah. be a great English major, Patricia. Truly, <laughs> 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 really, that was inspirational. Um, so I will say in writing, I am not as much a writer as I am an analyzer. And I would say that also kind of goes for life. Like I like to take all the information in and then I'll have thoughts about it. Um, but so with the writing, I'm not necessarily like a poet or any of that, but I very much like analyzing kind of anything, but especially I've discovered this year, thanks to AP Lit, I really like analyzing writing. And um, so I would say that has to be like the most fun I have with it. And it's very like exciting. I'm like, oh my goodness, I see what happened here. Like all the symbolism and all of that. And, um, and even something that I didn't expect this year, but I, Ms. Lockhart will be happy to hear. I like, I love analyzing poetry too, which is something I didn't think I'd ever be able to like break down. But it's like, once I sit with it enough, I'm like, okay, I understand like the parts that are happening and how it's like, I can see how it's connected and like kind of what it means. And, um, and so I, I think that's where I have the most fun and it has definitely made like, caused me to be obsessed with AP Lit because that's the whole point, <laughs> like <laughs> analyzing writing. Um, so yeah, that's something. And I will say, you know, I have fun with it. I am not at all like the perfect AP Lit student, but it's something that just I really enjoy. And so yeah, that's that's going to have to be my choice. So thank you so much, Ms. Lockhart. <laughs> wow, thank you. I'll take that. Oh, man. And I have a recording of you saying it. I love that. This will be on the internet forever. <laughs> um, I, I just, as we get ready to... Uh, to wrap here, I, I just want to thank our, our seniors here so much, you know, Patricia, Teresa, thank you both for, for coming on. Just beautiful commentary. I appreciate you all being willing to share um, and, and open up in that way. So, of course, thank you for inviting us. Didn't absolutely. think I'd do a podcast this early in my life. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. Now, now you, now you can consider officially consider yourself uh, old and wise. <laughs> um, Mrs. Lockhart, thank you so much uh, for joining us and for you know again. I mean, just that beautiful discussion um, on a powerful way to regulate. I appreciate you. I know you were excited and uh, you certainly brought some incredible stuff to the field. Thank you. Well, thanks. Thanks for having us. And thanks. This was just a great opportunity. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And as always, thank you to Mrs. Martins, my fantastic co-host always brings it every week. Um, if you want to join another episode of the Kogan Counselor, y'all, we'd love to have you. You can reach out to me at my Twitter handle, WRH at Kogan, uh, or at my email account, HarveyWR at PWCS.edu. We thank you for listening, uh, and we hope you'll join us next time. We've got some really interesting stuff on English, on history, on lots of different things, and how they relate to social emotional wellness. It's going to be really cool. So... Uh, until next time, have a great one, Sharks.